You're listening to the Hot Nerd Podcast, Smart Love and Relationships with China Noel. All right, this episode is so needed and so necessary after a week of turmoil on American soil. I know a lot of us are reeling. A lot of us are in pain. We are in the middle of a pandemic. We have been in lockdown. Almost 40 million Americans are unemployed. The economic infrastructure is going through hell right now. We were in a, reflex, a reflective mode. We were silent. We were wearing masks. We were thinking about our lives. And I really thought that coming out of quarantine, we were all going to be renewed. I thought that it would be a while before we resorted to the same old fuckery that was the world before quarantine. Boy, was I wrong. Because last week, beginning with Amy Cooper in Central Park and ending with the George Floyd protests, <laughs> I was proven wrong. I was proved so wrong that it sent me into a personal trauma. And I know that there's so many people out there who struggle just mental health-wise when these racial incidents happen, they are exhausting for everybody, everybody. We're in the middle of this quarantine. We're in the middle of this lockdown. We're locked inside the house. We're coping with that. And then all of a sudden, with the Amy Cooper story, this woman makes a hysterical 911 call against this black man minding his business, telling her to put her dog on a leash. Okay, and the call is so hysterical. It's so performed, it's so practiced, it's so fake. And she had no qualms about putting this man's life in danger. Hi, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call 911. I'm gonna tell them that an African-American man is, 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 is attacking me and attacking my dog. It was, it was a sight to see. I have to give credit to the inventor of cell phone cameras and videoing because a lot of these stories would not be believable without our camera phones. Props, props to whoever came up. Props to whomever came up with the idea to put cameras on our phones and let us record these things. Okay, because that was too much already. That was too much. And then after that, the George Floyd incident, <gasps> I have to tell you, it was already bad enough that the police officer had put his knee on George Floyd's neck. But to hear that it was for eight minutes and 46 seconds, I just thought, what in the savage hell is going on on American soil? Where are these things popping up from? And how, most importantly, do we cope with it? How do we issue ourselves self-love, self-love when these things are happening? There's a term called vicarious trauma. 
And it's the emotional residue of exposure that we can get from seeing other people, hearing them, and hearing their trauma stories. So we don't actually have to be victims of racism directly to be affected by it. We can be hard hit just by all of this, watching all of this madness. We can vicariously suffer. And that's why it's so dangerous. And that's why I decided to do a self-love episode in times of racial trauma. We need it. We need it. What are the tips? How do we cope? You can be in your living room saying absolutely nothing about what's going on with George Floyd, what's going on with Amy Cooper, and you will still feel that weight, that burden every day. And then it becomes a compulsion too, right? Racism itself is a mental illness. It becomes an obsessive compulsion. Now there's nothing else you can talk about for the most part. If you're a living, thinking human being, Now, every conversation with your friends, race, racism, marches, you see these marches all around you and actually being abroad at the moment, it's, 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 it's kind of wild to see looking at my country and thinking of how other people see the United States and see these riots. It's almost like when I'm in the United States and I'm watching other countries, you know, bombs going off in Iraq and Iran. That's how it feels. It feels like, geez, what the heck is going on over there? And it's just time to stop. It's time to stop this madness. It's time to heal ourselves. It's time to get over this nonsense that plagues the United States. It's time for white supremacy to go. And when I say white supremacy, we have to understand what white supremacy is. That's not saying that every white person is a bad person. We're saying that the root of this thinking that one is superior over black people is specifically a white identified illness that stems from slavery and stems from before your time. It stems from before your time. It stems from before our time and it's passed down and it makes it really hard to tell who's the enemy and who's not, you know, because racism can be so insidious. It can be so buried. It can be so there in the daily activities that we go through and we don't know. And we hurt and we hurt. I know this week was hard for everyone. I know a lot of us wanted to do something about it. I know that sometimes even these events cause us to feel violent. Like, shoo, are you kidding? How many, how many of you saw that video and felt like, okay, I, you know, now I, now, now I have to hit back because there's no way that I can be from a country or be in a country that has this going on because then it's not safe for me, right? No matter your color. No matter your color, you don't want to live in a country in which the state sanctioned police officers have the right to murder people. What in the world? We cannot live like that. That's not a society. We cannot devolve into that. And that's why so many people are marching. 
It is dangerous for everybody, black, white. It doesn't matter. It's just dangerous to have racism rule. It will bring everybody down. The, both the people you hate for the color of their skin and you. And you. I mean, come on. One thing that I found healing was when a police officer, I think Portia Williams posted this on her IGTV, and I'm going to play it. When a police officer came out, thankfully, and said, listen, this is not all of us. This is not all of us. We're not all crazy. Yes, a lot, you know, some of us are crazy. Some of us are racist. Some of us will topple your peace after lockdown. But some of us give love. Some of us police officers give hugs. We don't kneel on people's necks. I'll let you listen to, to some of what he said, because I did find that a bit refreshing. And I do think that many more officers need to come out and say, hey, we are not this guy. This guy does not represent us. We want to protect you. We want to do better because that's the first step of healing. Take accountability and denounce that kind of raggedy, rough, disgusting, racist behavior. Let's see. The only reason we're here is to make sure that you got a voice. That's it. Don't think for a second that he represents who these cops are from all over the county and around this nation. We go out there to help people, not do that nonsense. There we go. I just want to tell you, where's, where's my man? Right there. Where's the, where's the gentleman? Oh, I think he's the father. Yeah. That's him. We want to be with y'all for real. So I took the helmet off and laid the batons down. I want to make this a parade, not a protest. Well, don't we all wish that we could be parading and not protesting? That was the officer, the sheriff in, I believe, Flint. I stand corrected if anybody has the correct information, but I see a hashtag of Flint on this. That was supposedly a Flint officer. I don't know if he was a, a Minnesotan officer, but um, just having somebody take the lead and say that is part of healing. Accountability helps us in this healing process. When someone on the other side of the fight can say, listen, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And you know what? That officer is not us. We did not put on these uniforms to hurt you. We put them on to protect you, to give love. Don't you see like how officers, what's the name of that popular police officer? God, Wayne, somebody, the you know, the bald one. Do you guys know whom I'm talking about? Don't you see? Like, you, as a police officer, you're actually meant to protect. You're actually meant to be on the people's side. You're not meant to be a gangster. You're actually meant to make everybody feel happy. And I know, you know, for some neighborhoods that can sound extremely naive and like such a tall order and 
you think that that justifies your behavior because you think that, well, there's a whole group of people who act like this. And so we're just going to treat them all the same way. No, that is not the constitution. Constitution does not say that. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And so you cannot come up with your own rules <laughs> and then say, well, I'm just going to treat these people differently from the others. And for the Karens out there who think that it is okay to call the cops and pretend and parade and, you know, perform your Oscar award-winning phone call about how the African-American man is attacking you and your dog when he's doing the opposite. He's staying the fuck away from you. I suggest you take a deeper look at yourself because that's a psychological illness. That's, that's mental health concern. For those of us who have had a tough week, I want you to know that, you know, racism has been around for so long and that I hear you. I'm with you. I'm harmed really <laughs> almost just watching the video. I think CNN has a piece out now, just watching racism, just watching racism can harm you. It says we all suffer racism vicariously. The term is vicarious trauma. So I want you to know that I hear you. I hear you. And at the same time, we need to be aware and we need to be careful because even though you're not the one to smoke, to have that cigarette, you can have secondhand cancer just by being around the cigarettes, right? It's the same with racism and it's been studied. It's been shown race-related stress is significantly more powerful in its risk when it comes to mental health than other stressful life events. It can contribute to anxiety, disorders, depression. It can impact your heart rate, raise your blood pressure, elevated levels of the stress hormone, which is cortisol. And it really can lead to cardiovascular diseases and disorders. This is what the CNN article says as well. It's been researched. It's written by Sandy Lamott. So you can look that up. Anytime you call someone an offensive name or anytime you, you are called an offensive name or you experience discrimination or any sort of unfair treatment, you can spiral into psychological distress and anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts. This is all according to the American Psychological Association. And what about children? What about our children? Even just their observing of it, their feeling of it. When parents argue, children can feel it. When racism is in the news, children can feel it. Do we want our children growing up with anxiety and depression and all of this stuff? Do you know what I mean? Just because we didn't do the work to stop it? No, we don't. No, we don't. And I will tell you here today that one of the best ways that we can deal with all of this stress and all of this trauma that we keep seeing from all of this racism 
is to let it out. Let it out. I'm so, so proud of the people who have created avenues for us to talk, of the people who have taken to the streets and marched and protested because they give us a way to let it out. They give us some vicarious healing for our vicarious trauma. We may not be the George Floyd exactly. You may not be the black person exactly. You may not be the white person exactly. You may not be the officer, but all of us are components of a society called the United States of America, and we are not going anywhere. We have to live on that soil together. So we have a responsibility. We have the right. We have the need, the urgent need to stop the bleeding, stop our own bleeding, first and foremost, take care of ourselves when this happens, and then stop the bleeding for everybody else. So if healing means that you march, that you protest with other people, that's fine. But if healing also means that you write to your congressman, that's good too. As long as you are letting it out, if healing means that you tweet, if healing means that you share this information, if healing means that you go and you educate yourself on the roots of racism, how it happened, why it continues to happen, why it is a dilemma, why it is a pandemic greater than the coronavirus, then do that and heal. Knowledge will heal you. Finding out why all of these things are happening will heal you. Studying it will heal you. Teaching people about how to stop it will heal you. Because one thing I cannot recommend as a tip is to avoid it, is to keep it inside. There's no way. There's no way. You see the fires all around you. You see the rioting. You see the protesting. You see the trauma. You feel the trauma. This is a time to not just call your therapist, but to let it out. I'm no therapist. I'm not giving you therapy or medical advice. But what I am saying is that there are ways for us to issue self-love, self-love, self-preservation. And those ways include letting it out, writing it out, talking it out, tweeting it out, using all of this beautiful social media, all of these vehicles that have been created for us to ooze the pain and to form a camaraderie and a community with other people so that we heal, not just in one mode, right? Because anger is just one mode, but in modes of collectivity, of peace, of mutual pledges to take care of one another, to denounce this where it happens, to fight against it when it happens, and to maintain our peace. That is self-love. I'll be back after the break. And we're back. It's the Hot Nerd Podcast. 
Smart Love and Relationships with China Noel. All right, I just want to replay that soundbite and give some attribution because I was able to find out who the officer is. He is a sheriff. His name is Chris Swanson. I needed to find that out. Journalistic instinct. Hashtag Flint tells me he is a sheriff in Flint. who these cops are from all over the county and around this nation. We go out there to help people, not do that nonsense. There we go. Where's, where's my man? Yep. You should be out there helping people and not doing that nonsense. I felt like accountability is such a huge part of this. When you traumatize somebody, it is up to you to step up and say, that you are sorry and that it will never happen again. That's what these leaders should be saying if we are going to heal. These leaders have to say, just like this cop is saying in different words, we are sorry, that is not us, that is not who we are, and we will do our best to make sure that this does not happen again. I'm sorry, where's that conversation? Where is that conversation? Are we really taking accountability? Are we really stopping the bleeding? If a leader out there is not taking a stance and saying, I'm going to ensure personally, put this on me, put this on my leadership, that this does not happen again. Because it is happening again. It's re-traumatizing everybody. Everybody. Black people are traumatized. The onlookers are traumatized. The protests have now actually spread to London because this is the real virus. This is the real pandemic. That's what it is. It started in Minnesota, didn't it? Small area of Minnesota. Nobody was thinking about Minnesota. That's for sure. I wasn't thinking about Minnesota. And now even my neighborhood my neighborhood in California, WeHo, West Hollywood, and the surrounding Beverly Hills, they have curfews. Curfews are now being imposed in Beverly Hills and WeHo because how do we get from Minnesota to California if racism and tragedy are not viruses? And now we're protesting in London. The protest is in Louisville, it's in Chicago, it's in New York, it's in... Does this sound familiar to you? Is this not how the hot points of the virus spread? Were we not all forced in different corners of the world to take action when we heard of the coronavirus? And do you see a similar thing happening as racism spreads and these protests are spreading? And do you think that this does not affect us? This trauma does not affect us. In the same way that we take measures to stop the coronavirus from spreading, we have to take measures to stop racism from spreading. This is tired. It's old. It's weak. It's done. It's corny. It is corny. Racism is corny. Racism is so boring, tired, stupid. It's like the stone ages when people haven't learned anything. 
It's skin color for fuck's sakes. This is, we're talking, that's akin to hair and nails. And we're still on that. We're still, we're still hyped by, we still can't, like, who, who, how can you be racist in 2020? Who's still doing that? Like, who is still doing that? That's like when men used to take bats and hit them over women's heads in the Stone Ages and drag the woman into the cave. And that was how they got their women. <sighs> I mean, come on. we Don't you know enough now as human beings to understand race as a construct and, you know, the fact that we have to treat people according to who they are as individuals and not according to the color of their skin. I mean, is Donald Trump the same person as Joe Biden because they have the same skin tone? Well, I don't know if I can say same skin tone because Donald Trump is on the orange side. But you know what I mean? One person's called a white man. Another person's called a white man. Are they the same people? No, we have to do the work. We have to do the work. Our skin tones do not say anything about our souls. We have to have a standard for treating human beings, period. Oh, are you a human being? Okay, I will treat you with respect. I will treat you with the respect of the law. The law says I must treat all human beings with respect and therefore you get respect, you get respect, you get respect, you all get respect like Oprah was giving out cars. You all get it. You all get it. If you've committed a crime, you get prosecuted for it. You don't get a knee on your neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. What the fuck? What the fuck is that? I mean, you know, you know, and then Amy Cooper with a hysterical call as if her saying African-American man was supposed to mean something. We're supposed to trigger something. We're supposed to exploit something. Come on, guys. Let me tell you something. The institutionalized racism is really real because the NFL came out with a statement that's calling for action to be taken. (laughs) And I just find it so funny. They're calling for urgent, they said that there's an urgent need for action in the wake of the George, George Floyd murders. The NFL family is greatly saddened by the tragic events across our country. The protesters' reactions to these incidents reflect the pain, anger, and frustration that so many of us feel. Oh, really, NFL? Oh, really, Commissioner Roger Goodall? Now, what did you think Colin Kaepernick was doing when he was kneeling peacefully and saying the same thing? You, did you think that Colin Kaepernick was kneeling because he was tired and just wanted to take a break? He was kneeling because he too was greatly saddened by the tragic events across our country. He too was saying that we are in pain and we're suffering and we have anger and frustration. So why is he not playing? Side note, why is Colin Kaepernick, who is healthy, who is top of his game, who is a great athlete, who is saying the same thing as you are saying, Mr. Commissioner, not in uniform. He didn't do drugs. He didn't beat women. He didn't do any of the things that the other NFL players who were reinstated did. All he did was say what you were saying now. All he did was take a stance. All he did was protect the people around him as any human being should. So why? 
Why did you isolate him? Why did you punish him? Why did you take his love of sports away from him? We have to make some of this make sense because when things don't make sense around us, we cannot achieve balance. We cannot achieve self-love. We cannot achieve healing. When these events around us do not make sense, we cannot seek balance because crazy becomes normal and normal becomes crazy. We need to stand up against it. We need to call a thing a thing. When something is wrong, we need to say it. My listeners, my loves, I say to you today that we have a responsibility for each other and we have a responsibility for ourselves. The way we love ourselves is the way we love others. If we do not love ourselves, then we will learn to love ourselves and give ourselves respect because no respectable human being can have it in himself or herself to be racist. Give yourself respect and give other people that respect. You ain't got to love them. Fine. Maybe that's a stretch. You don't want to love others. That's fine. But you ought to respect them and stop giving us new homework each time. We're fucking sick of it. We're just coming out of a lockdown. Okay. That was homework enough. Now we have to do all of this. Stop giving us new homework. We are tired. We want to rest. We want to sit back. We want to chill. This cannot be the state of the United States or the state of the world in 2020. Stop giving us new assignments. Let's do something differently. Implore your leaders. Implore your senators. Implore your congresspeople. Implore your president. Well, this one isn't. Okay, you may have to wait for the next cycle and just vote somebody else in there. Employ some leadership. Somebody has to come out with a treatise and a policy to say, on behalf of the American people, on behalf of our self-love, in the interest of the mental health of our people, in the interest of our care, we hereby ensure that these incidents will no longer happen. Nobody's saying that. Everybody's just reacting, reacting, reacting. Where is the leadership that's coming out and saying, this will not happen under my watch, under the watch of this country? These particular incidents of police brutality, all these incidents that are causing people to march and causing people to to feel this vicarious trauma will not happen again. Who is saying that? Who is using that phraseology, this will not happen again? From henceforth, from this day forward, we can have plagues, we can have hurricanes, we can have earthquakes, we can have storms. But what we will not have in the United States of America is police brutality, is the murder of innocent black men Black women, people of color, in the hands of our state-sanctioned police. That's what we're not going to do. It will not happen from henceforth. From this day forward, you can count on it. Where is the leadership that's saying that? Who is the leader that is guaranteeing us that? So that we don't have to march next time. So that we don't have to suffer next time. Who is acknowledging this pain? on behalf of our people and saying, this trauma is enough. 
I fear that we are breeding generations that are traumatized. And so leave it to me, the leader of this nation, I will ensure that this does not happen again. Until somebody utters those words, we are missing something in the healing process. And we cannot let it go. Make them say it. Make them say it. Claim your healing. Claim your space. Claim your time. Reclaim your time. You deserve it. We deserve it. We stand together. We are responsible. And we know collectively that this has got to stop. With that, my people, be well. Be well. You're listening to the Hot Nerd Podcast, Smart Love and Relationships with China Noel. Hey.